Well, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, choir and praise team. Thank all of you for worshiping this morning. Thank you for laying everything aside and singing. And so, uh, sounded great. I, I know the Lord was honored today and and uh, magnified, glorified. And so, I uh, appreciate you being involved in worship. There's several passages of scriptures I want to share with you this morning, but just to begin with, if you'll turn to Romans chapter 12, we want to look at verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I want to begin uh, a sermon series with a theme, I am in. I am in. Romans chapter 12. Actually, I've entitled the sermon, I am in a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. One word I'd like for us to focus on this morning, and that is sacrifice. Again, I mentioned I'll begin this series this morning, series I am in. I'm a supporter of an organization, perhaps some of you are, that's known as Voice of the Martyrs. It's an organization that seeks to minister to the persecuted church. Also, VOM, Voice of the Martyrs, seek to remind us who are not presently being persecuted for following Jesus Christ that we have thousands and thousands and thousands of brothers and sisters who are being persecuted on a daily basis. And so this morning, with that in mind, I pray that God would convict us that we see the need to identify with those with the persecuted church because we are part of the same global family of Jesus Christ. I know that we get frustrated with things that are happening in our country. Uh, we're not a perfect country. We're really a, a country that's quickly turning away from God. And no nation has turned from God without experiencing the judgment of God. Please bear that in mind. However, when our nation has been attacked by our enemies, we all pull together to do whatever we can do to help those people who are fighting in the battle to have the victory. I grew up in Rockwood, and a small community known for Alabama limestone. And I can remember growing up as a child, my father would tell me that during World War II, that uh, Alabama limestone moved all their saws, those big giant saws they saw limestone with, gang saws they called them. They moved all of that out of the plant, and they converted that limestone plant into a shell plant. And they made artillery shells. 
for those who were in battle. Converted a plan into an artillery shell plan in order to help those that were in battle. I've been told, some of you may have experienced it, that sugar and other food commodities were rationed to make sure that those in battle would have the necessary things they needed and that they would be taken care of. We supported those that were fighting the enemy. And this morning I pray that we'll be convicted that we have thousands and thousands of of those brothers and sisters fighting for their lives, being persecuted, even to the point of death, for being a follower of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, verse 3, if you'll jot that down and maybe look at the screen. Hebrews 13, verse 3, Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. King James says, Remember them that are in bonds. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Them which suffer adversity. Those which are mistreated. Since you yourselves are in the body, the body of Christ also. Seems as though from time to time we forget those that are suffering for Christ's sake. So the point is this, being part of the body of Christ We're to stand and we're to be identified with the persecuted church. We need to care for them. We need to encourage them. We need to pray for them. We do not need to let them suffer alone. And we do not need to let them suffer in silence. We need to wake up and prepare spiritually for what's coming our way. According to the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, there have been more Christians die for their faith in the past 100 years than all the Christians in all centuries combined. You say, well, Brother Sammy, how's that? They brought this out in their article. First of all, there's more Christians. Praise God for that. More Christians. But persecution has come from other religions. Radical Muslims, and we'll find in secret church, radical Hindus in India. And so regardless of the cause, in many parts of the world, we're witnessing a fierce, determined effort to stamp out those who are followers of Jesus Christ. But don't forget, behind it all is the hand of Satan. Behind it all is the hand of the devil, and it's the hand of all of his followers. Here's the point. If you remember, Jesus told his disciples, he told his followers, that in the last days, Satan would lash out in a final attempt to stop God's work. And we see that happening today. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 Listen to this. Matthew 24, verse 9. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, Jesus speaking, and they shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now please take comfort 
after reading that, please take comfort in knowing that Jesus Christ is stronger than the devil. And one day Jesus Christ will be victorious over sin, over devil, and over all of the devil's followers. But the question that we have to address personally this morning is this. Are you on the winning team? Are you on the winning team? Now, there are only two teams. There are those that are righteous and those that are unrighteous. There are those that belong to Satan's army. There's those that belong to God's army. Are you on the winning team? Which team are you on? Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. When the Islamic State, ISIS, when those militants moved into northern Iraq, they began to identify Christians who owned property with an Arabic letter. The letter N, you see it on the screen. And that letter stood for Noon, N-O-O-N, N-O-N, and also the English letter N. And they identified the Christian homes, not only the homes, but they also used that letter to identify those who uh, lived in homes and those who had businesses and especially the churches. And that letter accused the occupants of wherever it was written on the wall, drawn with spray paint on the wall, it accused those occupants of being followers of Jesus Christ who followed the Noon, who fo- it, also represent, it also means Nazarene in Arabic. Those that followed Jesus of Nazareth, it identified those occupants of the house or the business or the church with those that followed Jesus Christ rather than Islam. And any person who makes a faith commitment to be in pays a high cost in a Muslim country. Pastors have been beheaded. Teenagers have been forced to serve in ISIS. Teenagers have been raped and beaten and mutilated and left for dead. Children who also won't renounce Christ are shot. Many adults are crucified. And once a person and a family is identified as in, and they refuse to convert to Islam... They're given some choices. Number one, they can pay a high tax or they can leave everything behind and they can flee. Thus, we have the refugee crisis. Or they can be executed or will be executed. And since 2003, more than one million Iraqi Christians who refused to renounce Jesus and the Bible had to flee their home. One million. And now they just simply trust God for their food, and they trust God for their shelter, and they, they trust God for, they, for their safety. They have no money. They have no work. They have no place to go. Students that were in college and almost finishing a degree all of a sudden find that all their records have been destroyed. There's no record of them ever being in college. And God calls on you and me as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ 
who also have a part of this who also are a part of this global body of Jesus Christ to stand with these that are persecuted to care for those that are persecuted to encourage those that are persecuted and to pray for those that are persecuted and that we commit to ourselves that they and to God that they dare not stand alone and they dare not suffer in silence. And so as we come this morning, I mentioned earlier that the question that must be answered today is, are you on the winning team? Are you in? Put another way, are you in? Are you Christian? Now, in reading about the martyrs of the past and those being persecuted today, even to the point of death, the true believer, those that are in, are willing to sacrifice. A major trait of those that are Christian, that are being persecuted, is that they're willing to sacrifice. So when faithful believers choose Jesus as Lord and Savior, they count the cost of being a disciple. Luke 9, verse 23 and 26, if you would look at that, jot that verse down, it should be on the screen. Luke 9, verse 23, And Jesus said to them, he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Here's the sacrifice. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. For what is a man advantage? If he gains the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. Luke 14, verse 26, if you would look at that for a moment, a few chapters over. Luke 14, verse 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister and yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not using the word hate as we would use the word hate. But Jesus said, if anyone comes and puts anyone in before me or in front of me, even their own selves. He cannot be my disciple. I have to be number one in their life. Look at verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now you need to pray for me because I'm really struggling today. I'm really struggling with people who tell me that they're in and they're not willing to sacrifice. I'm having a hard time understanding what Jesus said and what people are telling me. 
I mean, they won't sacrifice their time. They won't sacrifice their time to worship. They won't sacrifice their time to serve. They won't sacrifice their time to go. They won't sacrifice their time to give. They won't sacrifice their time to grow. It's me. I'm number one. I'm before everyone, including God, including the church. I'm going to do it my way, my own way. But I'm in, not according to Jesus you're in. According to Luke 14, 33, and I'll quote, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has cannot be my disciple. Unquote. Signed, Jesus Christ. Brother Sammy, do you mean to tell me that, that I'm to get rid of everything in order to follow Jesus? I'm not telling you anything. I'm just sharing with you what Jesus said. And if Jesus tells you to get rid of it, by all means, I'd get rid of it. Jesus said to be a follower of his, you and I must be willing to sacrifice everything we have in this world. That's what a million Christians in the Middle East did. Sacrifice everything in this world in order to fulfill God's calling on their life, and to obey him and to serve him. They were willing to let it all go. No money, no house, no clothes, no shelter. Not know where anything was coming from. Totally dependent upon God. I remember back in 1977, I was in retail with T.J. and Y. And God had called me to preach, and then God says, Now's the time. You need to resign your job. You need to move from the house you're in. You need to relocate in Phil Campbell. You need to start back to school. You need to go full-time in ministry. Have a good job. Have a nice place to live. Making more money than I ever made in my life. Didn't have a place in Phil Campbell. Came back. You've, some of you have heard this testimony and Moved in the housing projects on Pike Street. And Corey was about six, seven months old then. Took a part-time job. Judy sacrificed by being a stay-at-home mom, and she went to work at, at Blue Bell. That's the garment plant, not the ice cream plant, but the garment plant. Corey was just a, a baby. And we did that in order to fulfill God's call and be obedient, and to serve him. And Jesus is saying this, he says you need to count the cost. And he tells his disciples, and he tells us, that we're going to be sheep in the midst of wolves, and, and we're going to be arrested, and we're going to be scourged, and we're going to be brought before governors and kings, and even our loved ones will persecute us. And as the world hated him, they will hate us also. And friend, according to Matthew 24, as we get closer to his return, this persecution is going to be worse and worse and worse and worse. And according to March the 17th, 2016, Alabama Baptist, Jennifer Rash, Jason came in, Jason, Jennifer Rash, Jennifer Davis, and she wrote this article, Hostility Toward Christianity. 
good article. I hope you'll go back and read it if you get the Alabama Baptist. One reason it's good to get. One reason you need to have Alabama Baptist. Not only does it update things happening in our area, but across the world. But in that article, and I'll quote, According to the United States Department of State, Christians in more than 60 countries face persecution from their government or surrounding neighbors simply because their belief in Jesus Christ. End of quote by Jennifer. And then in the article also, 2015 was the worst year on record for Christian persecution. I was reading a book from the Voice of the Martyrs, and I'm going to close with this. Although they go through everything and been through everything, this is what they say. And I quote, It's worth it. We're disciples of Jesus. We will remain committed to God and His kingdom no matter what sacrifices are required. We're called to make disciples. No matter what happens, we have hope because Jesus promised to prepare a place for us where we will be with him forever, unquote. That's their attitude. So the question today is this, are you in? Are you Christian? Are you in? Are you willing to sacrifice? No matter what the sacrifice that's required. You say, well, Brother Samuel, how did I become in? I've never trusted Christ. He made it very simple. said even a child can understand it. First of all, to be in, to be a Christian, you just simply admit that you're a sinner. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You admit you're a sinner. You repent of your sins. He tells us to repent you therefore and be converted that your sins might be blotted out. Acts 3.19. Ask Jesus to forgive you and you turn from your sins and you turn to him. And then you call on him to save you. And he says something very remarkable. That whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Paul says, I beseech you therefore brethren, that's you and me, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. Have a choice today if you're here and you've never trusted Christ. You can choose Jesus and have victory in life and have the victory hereafter. You can reject Christ, have somewhat of success in this life, you may think, but then be damned forever. You're on one of the other teams. In a moment, Terry's going to come and he's going to sing an invitation. And as he sings our invitation, I like during this invitation, if you would be willing to come and pray for the persecuted church, if you're not physically able to come to the altar and pray, pray where you are. Pray for the persecuted church. Pray that we'll stand with them, 
You pray that you will stand with them, that you will care for them, you'll encourage them, and you'll pray for them. Pray for our brothers and sisters who have been persecuted. Pray that I'll I'll not let them serve alone and I'll not let them suffer alone. Pray. We're part of the same family. We need to begin to prepare ourselves, if you haven't already, to experience some of the same things they're experiencing. I'm going to close with an illustration. And um, it's about a, a, a young boy and his father. And they're in a conversation. And I'm going to share this and then Terry will sing. And as you come this morning, let me, let me do this. Let me say this before we start this. As you come this morning, you come to pray, as you, as you finish praying, if you pray there, just come, and I'm going to ask uh, Brother Mike and Brother Terry if y'all would come up here just a moment. Uh, you can sit here on the front, Mike. Terry, you can just sit right there. And what they're going to do when you come, because of the commitment you've made today, there's a little bracelet. And this little bracelet just says, I am in. That's what it says, I'm in. And it has that little Arabic symbol. And it says on the inside, I'll not let them suffer in silence and I'll not let them serve alone. And just as a reminder that you're in, and just as a reminder to pray for the persecuted church, as you leave, uh, Mike and Terry will hand you one of these bracelets and wear it to where we can remember to pray for the persecuted church And also remind us of a sacrifice we're called on to make also. And so when we, Terry begins to sing, then they'll they'll be here to give those out. Just get one per person. If anyone else wants to make that commitment, tell them to come to the church and respond during the invitation. Because I believe it means a little more when we do that. This little boy asked his dad, or he, father asks his son. He says, I'm sorry, the son asks his dad. Dad, has it always been this way? His father replied and said, Well, even from the beginning, man hated Jesus, even though he did nothing but love them and teach them and heal them. They nailed him to a cross. They thought they had him killed, but they only set him free to live in the hearts of people like you and me who believe in him. Then came the apostles, and most of them were killed for telling other people about Jesus. So they tortured them, and they killed them. And even left their bodies to rot as an example to other people. But the church kept right on growing, watered by the blood of these precious saints. And the son said, but Dad, did they they want to die? And Dad said, no, they didn't want to die. I mean, many of them had children just like you. They had to leave behind. But they were forced to make a choice. They could choose to live this one life here on earth and reject Jesus and be damned. Or they could believe in the words of Jesus and live forever. The little boy said, Dad, I think I understand. 
maybe we'll understand. We're brought before the tyrant's throne. They were told that he would spare their lives if they would renounce the name of Christ. But one by one they chose to die. The Son of God, they would not deny like a great angelic I can almost hear the years have come and the years have gone but the cause of Jesus still goes on now our time has come to count the cost to reject this world to embrace the cross and one by one let the one who died to give us life till the trumpet sounds on that final day let us proudly stand and boldly say I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength with all With all my strength, with all 
God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and then our ushers will come. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had for you to speak to us and to remind us, Lord, that we are globally related to other Christians across this world who are really suffering. Help us to remember that. And also thank you for reminding us of the sacrifice that's called upon in our lives. Lord, you sacrificed. Your disciples sacrificed. And you've asked us to do the same. And so who, who are we not to after our Lord did? And so help us to be willing, Lord, to give everything, everything if called upon. Lord, that we might be in your will and that we might experience the blessings that you have for us. Be with us as we continue this service and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.